Yes. Found some use for that joke. <laughs> Multiple uses. The word means adharmaha. Unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. Cha. Cha. And. And. Samedheta. Samedheta. Would flourish. Would flourish. Lulupai. Lulupai. Simply hankering after money. Vyankushai, uncontrolled, ribihi, by men, shayane twai, when you lie down for rest, lokaha, world, ayam, this, dashu, by the miscreants, grastaha, Attacked. Attacked. It will perish. Translation and purport by divine grace through the Prabhupada. If you gave up all thought of the world's situation, unrighteousness would flourish, for men who hanker only after money would be unopposed. Such miscreants would attack and the world would perish. Please repeat, if you gave up, if you gave up all thought of the world's situation, all thought of the world's situation, unrighteousness would flourish. Unrighteousness would flourish. For men who hanker only after money. For men who hanker only after money would be unopposed. Would be unopposed. Such miscreants would attack. Such miscreants would attack. And the world would perish. And the world would perish. Purport, because the scientific division of four varnas and four ashramas is now being extinguished. The entire world is being governed by unwanted men who have no training in religion, politics, or social order. And it is in a very deplorable condition. In the institution of four varnas and four ashrams, there are regular training principles for the different classes of men. Just as in the modern age, there is a necessity for engineers, medical practitioners, and electricians. And they are properly trained in different scientific institutions. Similarly, in former times, the higher social orders, namely the intelligent class, the Brahmanas, the ruling class, the Kshatriyas, the mercantile class, the Vaishyas, were properly trained. Bhagavad Gita describes the duties of the Brahmanas, Kshatriyas, Vaishyas, and Shudras. When there is no such training, one simply claims that because he is born in a Brahmana or Kshatriya family, he is therefore a Brahmana or Kshatriya, even though he performs the duties of a Shudra. Such undue claims to being a higher caste man make the system of scientific social orders into a caste system, completely degrading the original system. <clears throat> Thus society is now in chaos, and there is neither peace nor prosperity. It is clearly stated herein that unless there is the vigilance of a strong king, impious, unqualified men will claim a certain status in society, and that will make the social order perish. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. Our spiritual master, Sri Prabhupada, is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. 
offer my respectful obeisance unto him and all members of Sri Prampara. Adharmascha samayheta lolupaya vyankushaya nribihi shayane tvai lokoyam dasyugrasto vinangshati if you gave up all thought of the world's situation, unrighteousness would flourish, for men who hanker only after money would be unopposed. Such miscreants would attack, and the world would perish. Cardinal Muni speaking to Swayambhu um, Manu. Yesterday he said, If you did not mount your victorious jewel chariot, whose mere presence threatens culprits, you hear Michelle for that? You didn't hear that? Mm -hmm. He's saying to Swayambhu Manu, as he's receiving him, you did not, if you did not mount your victorious jewel chariot, whose mere presence threatens culprits, if you did not produce fierce sounds by the twanging of your bow, I love that, and if you did not roam about the world like the brilliant sun, leading a huge army whose trampling feet caused the globe of the earth to tremble, then all the moral laws governing the varnas and ashrams created by the Lord himself would be broken by the robes and rascals. <coughs> I was kind of thinking back to my uh, experience in San Diego for a year, few years of working with the military and how careful they were to, you know, watch what everybody's doing. And of course, in the military, you have all these levels of <clears throat> authority. And uh, if somebody's not doing something right, they, you know, there's so many rules in the military because just as it says here, people have a tendency to not follow the rules unless somebody is watching and holding the stick. So in the military, there's a rule for everything. I mean, even I heard that if you work in the kitchen, there's a, a rule for it. Like if you're washing the forks and spoons, you have, you have to put the, to dry them by putting them in the container with the tines of the fork pointing up. That's because the water, a drop of water may drip down and, and end up on the end of the fork or the spoon. And you'll see it, you know, and you'll think, oh, this is a dirty spoon or fork. See, you set the, you know, whoever's washing the dishes has to do that. And uh, one really amazing thing I heard, San Diego Hospital was interesting because there were some of these big Marines, some of them were really, you know, huge, tough guys, but they were working as nurses in the hospital, which I thought was kind of strange. But anyway, sometimes they would have some <clears throat> experience in the infantry and then they would decide to change careers you know oh i think i'll study medicine i'll get something that i can do on the outside so they end up in, in nursing or something like that but there was one guy who was just a huge strong guy he looked like something in a comic book the way he was built you know one of those superhero guys and he said that uh when he was in the marine you know the infantry part of the marines that they would go out and train, train with their weapons, and when they would come in with their rifles, they would have to put them in the armory, this special building where the weapons were kept and locked up. But each person had, was responsible for going in there and cleaning his weapon before it was put up, you know, 
and before they could go to lunch or to eat, you know, after his training. Because <clears throat> if you don't clean your weapon and the barrel happens to be, you know, dirty, and you fire that, then what happens? Anybody knows what happens when a gun is fired with a dirty gun barrel? <laughs> yeah, explode on you, you could get killed that way. So anyway, there was uh, one day apparently, one of the young Marines was a little anxious and didn't want to clean it. He thought, he said to himself, well, I'll just come back and clean the gun. After I want to, I'm hungry, I, I need to go eat something now, and I'll come back and clean the gun. And so somehow they they knew about this and they caught this guy. And this nurse, this big guy said, Me and three other guys, we took him out of the back and just beat the crap out of him. You know. You know <laughs> never forget him telling that story. Because it's dangerous. Somebody could get killed, you know. Somebody has to really you know, they have to let it be known that this is not, you cannot do this thing. You know, somebody has to really be heavy. Do not do this. If you do it, we'll, we'll almost kill you because you're threatening to kill other people. <laughs> that kind of thing. So, uh, that reminds me too of a uh, section I saw in the Shooting Prophet's Memories tape. And it was no Yogendra Swami. Some people know him from the LA Rathiatra because we see him there. He's a star. And he's been here also once. I heard a story about him coming to the Tucson Temple that he, um, he came here to visit for a certain number of days to give talks. And it's kind of unusual. He's based in India, I think, even northern India or Nepal or somewhere. Yeah. Punjab. Yeah, kind of a high elevation temple, and it's really cold, and yeah. he's been there for a long time. He's, you know, tough, you can tell. Um, I guess he came and visited in Tucson Temple, and he came to the temple room and, and felt that people weren't obeying the proper etiquette for receiving sannyasi, and, and, you know, people are supposed to offer their obeisances when they first see him and do certain things. You know, there's a lot of etiquette involved. By the way, I think uh, Omar Bhakta Maharaj was a little disappointed with us. He gave, it. He ended up giving a whole talk at his home program on how it's important to observe these rules. You know, it's not that I want respect from the devotees, but for a sannyasi has dedicated his life completely to preaching. He's doing this as a you know for others, not for himself. But the respect has to be given. You know. Just to keep things proper for hearing from the sannyasi. You can't hear if you don't have proper respect for someone. You know, you have to be humble and have proper respect. Otherwise, you don't hear what they say. So he was really alert to that. And also, this Navyendra Swami, he came here to this temple, and he he apparently left after first contact in the temple, and he said, "I'm not going to preach here. It's not it's not right. It's not proper here. People aren't following the etiquette or something like that." So that it was a surprise. Uh, so that's pretty general. Can you give us what is for example on the button on did he have anything specific about what we didn't do for him? I think it was just uh, people weren't, you know, offering obeisances. He mentioned that in, in Los Angeles that 
everybody's doing that so much that he can hardly do anything because he's always <laughs> offering obeisances back. You know, he sees somebody and they do it and he does that and he just like, do it all day long. But here it was, you know, just not, not going on. I felt like he was talking to me because I, I realized that I hadn't, you know, I feel like really friendly with him for some reason, you know, because I had contact with him before, before he became, became Sinyas. And I thought, oh, maybe I didn't do that, you know. And I thought, well, he's really, he's really chastising me, but I don't know, maybe it was. So I don't know specifically, but it was something to do with offering of obeisances. That's what I understood. I don't know specifically what he said that made me think that. I just, I thought that I wasn't doing it for, for example. Because every day, when the first time you see a sannyasi, you're supposed to offer no base. Now, you're not supposed to do that in front of the deities. But any other time, if it's outside, you know, if you, if you, the first time of the day that you see him, you, you know. So I, don't, I think it was the same thing. I think people were just too casual here for him. He, he just, you know, he said, I'm not forget him, I'm going to speak to him. He didn't know what he was talking to. He didn't think he was talking to devotees or something. <laughs> Seems like. So, uh, anyway, this this uh, thing that was on the memories video, Nabiya Kinder Swami was with Srila Prabhupada many years ago in his room, and they were talking. And Srila Prabhupada needed something ringing his bell. And there was supposed to be a, an individual outside the room who would answer and come in. And that person had wandered off and thought, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be close or I can hear it or, you know, just kind of wander down the hall or something. Yeah. And Srila Prabhupada got really angry. And uh, he got so angry that Navi Swami said, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it, but I was trembling. The Srila Prabhupada was so angry with this fellow, you know, what are you doing? You know, if I need something, you have to be there, you know. Um, so later on, Nobiyogendra Swami asked Srila Prabhupada, after things had calmed down, and after he'd calmed down, he said, Srila Prabhupada, what should we do when you get angry? Yeah. And Prabhupada said, you should laugh. And he said, he didn't really explain that, but he said, look at other people outside, meaning, you know, the karma people. He said, and who's, who's uh, correcting them? In other words, um, nobody's correcting all the faults. He said, look at all the faults that people are doing outside and who's correcting them. Like, you know, you have to have somebody that's willing to, to teach and correct people. So, so uh, that meant blood? Huh? Sounds like he meant blood. Yeah, you should be happy. You should be, you should laugh like, like oh, this is, this is wonderful, almost. You should laugh because you have somebody who, who will tell you what's right and somebody who cares, right? Thank you. That's a good way to put it. So, um, this first sentence was kind of amazing in here. The entire world is being governed by unwanted men who have no training in religion, politics, or social orders. Or social order. And it is in a very deplorable condition. This was back in the 60s. I mean, we can see it right now, but years ago. And also, I was remembering there's a part in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, I think it's in Madhuri or somewhere, where 
Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya himself says that um, among human beings, followers of the, of the Vedic system are considered to be civilized Aryans. But among those civilized men who claim to be followers of Veda Vyas, almost half of them are followers in word only, Mukamani. Veda, was it? Veda Nishta Mukamani. Veda Nishta Madhye. Ardeka Veda Mukamani. Mukha means by mouth. And then it says, Veda Nishta Papakari. Veda Nishta means things that are for, forbidden in the scriptures. Veda Nishta Papa. Papa means sins. Kari means they, they do sinful things that are forbidden in the scriptures. Half of the people that claim to be Vedic followers do things that are forbidden in the scriptures. And it says, Adharma, Adharma Nahigani. That they do not want to follow the rules and regulations. So that's what it comes down to. There's also a principle in, in science. Anybody studied science here? Shall you study science? It's called, uh, what is it? You studied science, you're an engineer. Physics, did you study physics? When they say there's a law of uh, entropy, it's called, that things have a tendency to degrade, natural tendency, this is a law, a natural law in this world. Then things are organized only if there's energy put into a system. And otherwise, if, if the energy is not there, constantly maintaining the organization, that, that things will disorganize. They tend towards disorganization. The physical law, so. This is really amazing. This is in our scripture that the entire world is governed by unwanted men. There's a necessity for engineers, medical practitioners, and electricians. So it's also just like the body, you know. The body has so many parts, and, and things have to work together in a certain way, you know, for a person to be healthy. And if a, if a part of it is not used properly, it's like so many people are obese now in our society, so many people have diabetes, so many people have. You know, I'm just thinking there's so much uh, problem with people, me included, trying to entertain themselves by eating things that they don't need. I heard that in India, people know how much they can eat. Because in the scriptures, when people study Ayurveda and things like that, that uh, there's a recipe for how to handle, how to know how much you eat and what to eat. You know, you put a certain amount of liquid things in your stomach, Put a certain amount of solid things and you leave a certain amount of it's like one third one third one third and, and one third for air and when that air comes up in the form of a burp that means finished stop you had enough does anybody do that do we do that <laughs> i have a real hard time doing that i mean i i try to do it but it seems like it seems like i cook too much all the time so i'm sitting there i'm starting to burp and it's like, all this stuff, you know. <laughs> what am I going to do? I should put it up and wait, you know, because the system is to, 
to wait. You've had enough. When you, when you get that signal, it's a really nice system. Works really well. If you stick to that, then you won't get all heavy from overeating and, and whatnot, or suffer any number of problems from from misuse of the uh, tongue and the belly. I use the, uh, the birth of the yellow light. Yellow light. <laughs> <laughs> Not a red light. Either. Well. <laughs> I heard there's three different types of births that tell you whether you're ready to eat or well, shouldn't eat or. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Um, I haven't heard this yet. If you don't taste any food and you haven't eaten, then it's time you're ready to eat. If you're eating and then you burp, like you said, it's then it's time to stop. And then if you burp after your meal and you still can taste your lunch, then you should not eat. So you wait until you burp and you don't taste anything. And then it's time to eat. Wow. I've tried, but... Huh. <laughs> I've tried tuning into my... I don't completely follow that. You might have to explain that to me. <laughs> Is that the Grandma Samita? <laughs> <laughs> Grandma Samita. <laughs> mm. It says the society is now in chaos. I'm sure Shiva Prabhupada says chaos or something, doesn't he? No, he says chaos. Chaos? I don't know. That yeah. there is neither peace nor prosperity. And that's what the whole, you know, ridiculous thing is. It's like watching a bunch of children, really, you know, in a classroom and the teacher's gone, you know. It's the way the world is now. Even adult people are doing things that just don't make any sense as far as being, having a peaceful, happy situation. Like a bunch of kids in a, in a room when the teacher's gone, you know. So, uh... You know, how can greed and lust and anger and what's the other thing in Bhagavad Gita it says that the demoniac are always impudent? Pride, arrogance, harshness, all these these things. Does anybody think you'll have a peaceful situation with you know all this stuff going on? Anybody know the verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita which Chaitanya says that, or maybe it's Krishna's Kaviya. Who is peaceful in this world? Only the Krishna Bhaktas. Of all people, huh? Krishna Bhaktas is Kaviya. He's Kaviya. They were Shanta. But, Gopi Gopi Sudhika means Sakali Ashanta. Yeah. Sakali means all of them, everybody. Mukti Bhukti Siddhi Kami. Mukti is liberation. Bhukti, people who just want gross material enjoyment or, or subtle material enjoyment for that matter. And Siddhi, which is the uh, mystic perfections that people sometimes get into through yoga practice, the different Patanjali yoga systems. Those are also not going to find peace. It's only found through Krishna Bhakti, desire to serve. And it's so amazing that in this, you know, Krishna conscious movement, you can kind of experience it right off the bat. Many people I've seen that they come to the temple and they just go to the kitchen and start washing pots. That's the way it used to be. 
so much uh, offerings going on, you know, deity worship and temples and <clears throat> new person. What can a new person do? Oh, you can wash some pots. Want to do that? Okay. Go back there and pretty soon you're just singing Hare Krishna and so blissful and scrubbing those pots. <laughs> Would you ever do that at home? You know, for your own, for yourself? <clears throat> no, I just leave them in the sink. I'll get it later, you know. Not that much fun, but in the, in the temple. People experience transcendental bliss simply by pot washing. Um, Prabhupada says that it, that it talks about the social order perishing. Sometimes we wonder <clears throat> why don't things fall apart? It also says in Bhagavad Gita that that uh, there's a certain number of people who are born with divine qualities and a certain number of people who are born with demonic qualities. So there will always be those people who are not satisfied, even if they don't know about, you know, the t details about God or God consciousness, they don't practice. They have this innate sense that, you know, we're not happy with these things. Even though other people will push, 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 like it says here, to take the claim and position in society of a, of a ruler, even though they're not trained, and they what their you know drive is for money, hankering after money. Did it talk about that in this? I think it did. Men who hanker only hanker after money. It's somewhere in there. So I think we can see that either grossly or subtly in society now. We're, we're in a period where the politicians want to be protective. In a lot of, not only this country, but other countries, they want to protect what they have. Make sure we can maintain that our, our certain level of sense gratification, that the resources that we have. You know, we have a system for the higher-ups in society to get, to collect money. And that's also in, in the communist system. The upper classes, they have their, you know, what's that, the Crimea, or what's that area on the Black Sea where the, you know, the Politburo members, they have their, what do they call those places? Dachas. Their residence is down on the sea. But they're encouraging other people to work hard and be satisfied with not much in the way of material enjoyment and work hard and give their money to the state. And, nobody, and nobody's supposed to enjoy that, but actually they are enjoying that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this leader of Russia, he looks like a little gangster to me. <laughs> Putin, he just sleeps like a little gangster. You know, he's got these little beady eyes and he just sits there the way he looks. And that's the way I think they're trying to, trying to, you know. <laughs> he's a tough little guy, he'll just look at anybody and he doesn't care. He just looked at Trump when they had the meeting like, so what are you gonna do, what do you have to say? And Trump was trying to think of a way to humor him. I, 
Anyway, I won't get into this kind of thing too much. Anybody have anything pertinent to say about the scripture here? Just um, the other thing I was thinking of. We're almost finished here, but as it said in Sri Upanishad, that that um, the very first was the first invocation or the first mantra, Upanishad. Om Purnam Adham. That uh, the supreme absolute truth is complete, and everything that emanates from him is also emanates as a complete whole, things like that. And that so this world is is uh, stated to be complete, and everything is there for us to be happy and prosperous. And it's also stated that way in Bhagavad Gita. Third chapter, so text 10, 12. Sahyagya Pajasrishta, Purvacha Pajapati, Anena Prasavishyadvam, Esha Vostavishtikamadu. In the beginning of creation, the Lord of all creatures sent forth generations of men and demigods, along with sacrifices for Vishnu, and blessed him by saying, Be thou happy by this yagya sacrifice because his performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and achieving liberation. I saw this, uh, is it a bumper sticker or a t-shirt? And it said, if all else fails, follow the instructions. And underneath there, it's, it had a, a book, so I, I assume it was the Bible. It's like, after you've tried everything else, follow the instructions. Krishna is giving the instructions here in, in this verse. Be thou happy by this yajna. And this is right after yajyartat karmano nyatra. Yajyartat karmano nyatra. Loko yam karma bandhana. Work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in this world. Therefore, son of Kunti, perform your prescribed duties for his satisfaction, and in that way you will always remain free from bondage. And in the purport to the, to the other verse, be thou happy by this yogi, because his performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and achieving liberation. So we can say how, you know, the system is gone, it's finished. How can we, we don't have Varnashram system, so what do we do? Sri Prabhupada explains that I think in the end of the purport there about the Lord created this material world to enable the conditioned souls to learn how to perform yagyas for the satisfaction of Vishnu so that, so that while in the material world they can live very comfortably, comfortably without anxiety and after finishing the present material body they can enter into the kingdom of God. It's all set up there perfectly for us. That's the whole program for the conditioned soul. By the performance of yoga, the conditioned souls gradually become Krishna conscious and become godly in all respects. In the age of Kali, the Sankirtan Yagya, the chanting of the names of God, is recommended by the Vedic scriptures, and this transcendental system was introduced by Lord Chaitanya for the deliverance of all men in this age. Sankirtan Yagya and Krishna consciousness go well together. Lord Krishna, in his devotional form, as Lord Chaitanya is mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna Vahimus, Tusha Krishna, Sangopan Yasu Parshna, Yogyai Sankirtana Prayas, Vijanti Samayasana. 
So in this age of Kali, people who are endowed with sufficient intelligence will worship the Lord, who is accompanied by his associates by performance of Sankirtan Yoga. Other yogas prescribed in the Vedic literatures are not easy to perform in this age of Kali, but the Sankirtan Yoga is easy and sublime for all purposes, as recommended in Bhagavad Gita, also 9.14. Then look that up. But Who knows? 914? Wow. Jai. Always chanting my glories, endeavoring with great determination, bowing down before me, these great souls perpetually worship me with devotion. These are the solution to all problems of life. <clears throat> I'm just thinking the balance because uh, Krishna was saying uh, one of the demonic qualities is harshness. And uh -huh. how do we balance the demonic quality of harshness with Srila Prabhupada being extremely angry and chastising his disciples? And the one the first qual first qualification was love. Uh -huh. um, and the second qualification is purity. So like Srila Prabhupada is like a mother you think about a mother chastising their child, uh -huh. first thing is they love their child, uh -huh. and the second thing is they have no selfish motivation. Yeah. So like, I That's think right. it has to be... Right, it has to be Because how can we balance... Obviously, Prabhupada would sometimes be harsh, mm -hmm. but it's different than the demonic harshness. That's why people have to be practicing Christian countries in the old days when you had a king that was able to chastise. He was trained properly, you know. So he loved the people like a father. That's why he did what he did. He didn't do it for selfish reasons. So, so the whole thing worked. So yeah, that has to be there. You know. Prabhupada was such a great example of that, how, how to make that work. Beautiful example. Thank you. Anybody else? Say so 50 is a, how's the offering going? It's finished. Finished? Okay.